Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Chelsea, I'm excited about tonight's game. So we got to get the inside scoop, and we're going to do it right now. Let's bring in Mo Egger. He works afternoons on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, host of the Mo Egger podcast as well. Mo, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. We always love getting your insight here. And and the first thing I wanted to ask out of the box is, what is the situation with the Cincinnati edge players, Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson? I think Hubbard is out, but Hendrickson said he might try and play. Do we have an update there? Yeah, he. What's remarkable? He wasn't even on the. <clears throat> excuse me. He wasn't even on the injury report yesterday, which is incredible, given the game yeah. ended with the Bengals last defensive play, him writhing in pain on the field. We found out on Monday, it was a hyperextended knee and you thought, okay, well, if, if the game is Sunday, maybe he could give it a go, but it's Thursday. There's no chance. And yet yesterday there wasn't even an injury designation. So the plan is for him to play. Now that's great. They need Trey Hendrickson mm-hmm. at times this year. He has been unblockable. That said with Trey Hendrickson against CJ Stroud, the pass rush was almost non-existent. That's a dicey proposition when you're playing against Lamar Jackson tonight. All right, so we are looking at the spread on this game. Obviously, we're a betting show. The Bengals getting three and a half. Joe Burrow has been cash money as an underdog getting more than three points. A blistering 15-2 and two against the number. What's the sabotage factor here? Talk me out of playing the Bengals. I can't. Um, the, the number's too big. It's, it's not that dissimilar... Uh, to me from where they were in San Francisco. Now, the difference in the San Francisco game was for a stretch, Brock Purdy was in concussion protocol, right? And so you thought, okay, well, if it's it's Joe Burrow against a backup and he's getting three and a half points, that's cash money. But I'm sort of with you here. Like the the Bengals bounce back factor in recent years has been has been real. And the the Joe Burrow is an underdog factor has has been real. Um, Look, I've I've got to think, first of all, uh, they they played very poorly against the Baltimore Ravens in week one in Cincinnati. It's not like they got blown out. It's not like they got destroyed. They lost by three points. So there's there's that. I think also Cincinnati offensively played unevenly. They didn't get the ball to Jamar Chase more than six times. I don't think that happens tonight. Also, Joe just made some uncharacteristic mistakes. As frustrating as that game was against Houston, there were a lot of outliery things in that game that you just don't expect from the Bengals. Tyler Boyd dropping a touchdown pass. Lou Anarumo's defense not being able to get off the field and Joe Burrow throwing some costly interceptions, one of which was really not on him. I don't bank on those things happening tonight. 
and I also think not having Ronnie Stanley, you talk about uh, Trey Hendrickson coming back. Well, the, the matchup was going to be Trey Hendrickson versus Ronnie Stanley. Advantage Bengals without Ronnie Stanley in the game. We'll find out about Marlon Humphrey, who's doubtful. Those injuries, I think, are as significant, if not more, than Cincinnati not having T. Higgins and Cincinnati not having Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson dealing with whatever he's been dealing with. Mo, when you talk about Joe Burrow, he's now a little bit more mobile than he was early in the season. Now, nobody's going to mistake him for a Lamar Jackson, but how much does that improve his game? I was saying earlier, he's just sort of slippery where he's not going to burn you, but if you give him an opening, he can take advantage of it, and I think that just makes him a better all-around quarterback. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you go back to two years ago when the Bengals made the Super Bowl, they did it in spite of their offensive line. What happened with that offensive line? The ball would be snapped, and then three guys would be in Joe Burrow's face. This offensive mm -hmm. line isn't great, but it's good enough that usually if there's pressure, it's there's there's one guy. Joe Burrow is good at eluding one guy. He's good at running away from one guy. And and you're right. You're you're not going to mistake him for Lamar Jackson by any stretch. They're not going to run a whole lot of, you know, design runs where the idea is for for Joe to gain a lot of uh, a lot of yardage. Joe can certainly do that and there have been instances in his career and certainly this year where he's checked into a run and run for 8 yards when they when they've needed 7. But his real genius, you're right, has has always been in the ability to extend a play just enough to be able to do something special. And he is slippery. Uh, the the play the best play he's made this year was on a third and ten play against uh, the San Francisco 49ers that reminded me of Eli Manning in the Super Bowl 15 years ago, where the radio play by play guy for the Bengals, who's terrific, Dan Horde, actually called Joe getting sacked. Well, as it turns out. He, he shakes the guy off his back. He gets out of another guy's uh, arm tackle. He gets free, and he doesn't just throw the ball away. He completes a pass downfield to T. Higgins. And those of us who had watched Joe in the first five or six games hobble through the calf injury, looked at each other and go, okay, Joe's back. That's the burrow that we have seen. We saw him even a little bit last week in the second half once the offense got going. You're, you're right. Uh, that is a big, big part of his game. I think from an offensive perspective, the real thing to look for from the Bengals is, is this. They have been awesome on opening drives. They look like you watch the Bengals on opening drives and you think, holy crap, how do you stop these guys? Because they methodically but quickly go down the field. They use every weapon. They score seven. They take a lead. And you think they're going to they're going to roll today. And then. They totally stop. It's been remarkable. They've been awesome on opening drives. Drives two, three, and four in the nine games. Nine times twenty-seven. Nine times uh, three is twenty-seven. In those twenty-seven drives, three touchdowns, eighteen punts. They don't move the ball. So I think the thing to watch tonight against a good Ravens defense is: Do the wow. Bengals spin their tires in those drives the way they have? If the answer is no, then offensively they can take off. If the answer is yes, chances are. Uh, they're going to play from behind, and the possessions in the second half are obviously going to carry with them so much more significance. This is something they have to figure out. It's a lot easier to figure out when you've got a healthy and, as you said, elusive Joe Burrow. Let's talk about the defense for a second, because as much as people love to talk about Joe Burrow, the stretch where the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, the defense was great too, uh, at least during mm -hmm. that postseason stretch. What are we expecting from the defense tonight in Cincinnati or in Baltimore, I should say, from the Cincinnati defense? What are we expecting from them tonight? 
Well, you know, here's what what happened last week. The Houston Texans moved the football. And you go, okay, well, duh, they gained over 500 yards of total offense. But the Houston Texans moving the football wasn't that different from what everybody else has done this year. I think the, the Bengals are 31st in the NFL in average yards given up per play. The, the term, it's a cliche, is bend but don't break, right? They've been awesome at getting you to turn the football over in the red zone or getting you to turn it over at precisely the right time. We saw it against Seattle. All those drives inside the 10, Bengals kept getting stops, kept getting turnovers. They got two red zone turnovers against San Francisco. Uh, if you go back to that Super Bowl run two years ago, the, the defense, whether it be at the very end of games or right when games felt like they were getting out of hand, like in the AFC championship game, they got the, they got the turnover right when they needed them. That's great. But is it sustainable? And the question we've asked here since uh, Sunday has been, well, okay, bend but don't break, fine. But the more you bend, eventually you are going to break. So I think what's going to be really interesting is uh, to to see if to, to see if if it if it works tonight. Look, this 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 uh, defense against you know Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and the weapons they have, I, I don't think is suddenly going to turn into this insanely stout unit where they're just consistently forcing three and outs. So Baltimore's probably going to move the ball. Can the Bengals hold Baltimore to three? If the answer is yes, Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, views that as a win. And if Baltimore gets inside the 20, when they get inside the 20, can the Bengals get some of those uh, turnovers? If the answer is yes, very good chance they win the football game. If the answer is no, well, then it could be a long night. Um, This is a defense where, you know, we talked about Trey Hendrickson. He probably is the biggest name. The thing about Cincinnati's defense is you don't, there's not a Micah Parsons. There's not a Miles Garrett. There's not that one name that, you know, everybody talks about. But 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 they're pretty deep everywhere. I think what's going to be interesting to watch, though, is Cincinnati secondary is very, very young. Sometimes those young guys have shown brilliance. DJ Turner made a great play last week that gave the Bengals an opportunity to win. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt has had a bunch of picks this year and has, has played just brilliantly. But uh, second-year player, a rookie, they have another – essentially a rookie at uh, at safety in Dax Hill, who was drafted last year but didn't really play. Jordan Battle's a rookie. There's a lot of youth back there. Obviously, Baltimore has gone out of its way to uh, upgrade its, its offensive weaponry. Does the youth get exposed tonight? And if they don't get turnovers, which they've been so good at, what does what outcome does that mean for this defense? More one quick question before we let you go. And right now, if the season ended today, the Bengals would be right there on the bubble, on the outside looking in in the playoff picture. Do you see a path for them to get to the postseason? It feels like they, they have to find a way, right? Well, if they lose tonight, you could cross off the AFC North title. I mean, just do the math. Mm-hmm. At that point, they'd be three games behind Baltimore, and they would have lost both head-to-head matchups. So, you know, that's the tiebreaker. You're, you're essentially four games back with – uh, seven games to go, but that's, it's not going to work. Uh, you know, look, the, the thing about tonight's game that if you look at the standings it starts to really matter is the Bengals have one AFC win. They're, they're, they have five wins, four of them against NFC opponents, which it's great when you beat those teams, but you start thinking about tiebreakers. You're, you're going to need victories in the AFC. If you lose tonight, you're one in five against AFC opponents. You're in a very mm-hmm. tough, div- difficult division. You know, obviously the Browns have taken a big hit with Deshaun Watson, but for for all of, of the Bengals' accomplishments over the last couple of years, and as much as they went into last week having won five out of six, 
They're staring up at three teams. If you lose this week, you're going to be staring up even more at two of them because Cleveland and Pittsburgh play five and five. It gets pretty dicey right now. There are 11 teams in the AFC who have at least five wins. And some of those teams this weekend are going to increase that total to six. Cincinnati still has to play Pittsburgh twice, which is not going to be easy. They have a home game against the Browns who have had their number in recent years. They have to go to Kansas City. Minnesota is going to come here. Suddenly that game is much more difficult than it looked like it was going to be at the beginning of the season. At five and five, look, the Bengals have been a terrific second half team over the last couple of years, meaning the second half of the season. They won their last eight regular season games last year. They were five and four before winning the division title two years ago, but that's fine. You start to do the math at five and five. You start to look at the rest of the AFC. You start to look at the schedule and it gets difficult. This is as close to a must win as I think you could have. And remember, the idea for the team this year wasn't to sneak into the playoffs and call it a successful season. The idea this year was to win the Super Bowl after coming so close two years ago and after coming so close to making it last year at five and five, understanding that your AFC North title hopes are basically gone. If you lose tonight, uh, I, 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 it really does feel like you could kiss that goodbye. Now, on the flip side, you win. You know, suddenly you're a game behind Baltimore. It's going to feel like game on. Cleveland does have a major injury issue with its quarterback. Uh, Pittsburgh's the worst 6-3 and three team I've ever seen. The, the, the way that this game is going to just, I feel like, change – not so much the trajectory of the season, but how we talk about their hopes moving forward. It's, it's absolutely massive. Check them out afternoons on ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. And as host of the Mo Egger podcast, it's our good friend, Mo Egger. Mo, we appreciate the time. Thank you. You got it guys. Thank you. That's great analysis. Can you imagine Chelsea, the Bengals as talented as they are not making the postseason? I, I will I will give Mo credit and shame myself because I should know better, but you get caught up in thinking about the Bengals, and I thought, ah, if they lose tonight, they're fine. They're fine. But he's right. They're not fine. If they're sitting at 500 in that division with all of the talented teams we've seen in the AFC, he's right. This might be, I hate saying must win, but it might just be. For the Bengals, not for the Ravens. They're fine right now. But the Bengals really need this win. Right now, they are minus 144 to make the playoffs. They lose tonight. That's going into plus money. Oh, for sure. Because especially in the NFL, even if you look at a stretch of games or your schedule and say, Mm -hmm. these are the quote-unquote easy games, we will see teams lose those easy games all the time. Like, look at the Bengals. Just lost to the Texans, who I think are good. But still, I don't think anybody pointed the schedule and said, okay, this is, you know, going to be one of their tougher ones. Look at the Bills. Lost to the Broncos at home as seven-and-a-half-point favorites. We see this all the time. So I just think they've got to win games. Doesn't matter who it's against. So it feels like at 5-5, five and five, we're at, what, week 11? The season is getting late quick. So bottom line, the Bengals got to win games. Yes, they do. I would not have even thought about the idea that Cincinnati wouldn't be playing in the postseason. They got to make it right. That's what I said to Mo. They have to, right? That's such a lame way to look at things. Just a lazy, lazy better. Ah, they're going to make it. They're fine. They're Cincinnati. Not necessarily the case. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.